Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over-under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the NBA Exchange. All you got to do is sign up now and use the promo code NBAEX. Prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play. And download the Prize Picks app today. Peace, peace. You know what it is. Shamir S-K-Y-Z-O-O Skazu live out the borough. And this is the NBA Exchange with my man Dexter Henry. You know how you doing it, man. Log on, tap in. Let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Dexter Henry here for the NBA Exchange. Happy Wednesday. Hope you are well. We are still towards the end of All-Star break. Uh, Hope you enjoyed All-Star weekend. I did not make any trips out to Cleveland. I know our guest who rocks me today, he was not making any trips out to Cleveland. Uh, The homie Jenna Lemicelli, she was out in Cleveland, got to talk to her a bit about the All-Star game uh, with the work we do with the Post, so that was cool. But we got some interesting stuff to talk about. Because, you know, news never stops, right? Nothing ever stops around the NBA. We got some uh, drama, shall we say, surrounding a very young talent down in New Orleans to talk to me about that. And this is kind of going to be a piggyback off of our discussion last week where we talked about a lot of stuff about the league, what's good for the league, what's not good for the league with player empowerment. We're kind of going to push this discussion a little bit forward. We hope that you guys enjoy that. Joining me, as usual, every Wednesday, my man Gerard Hector. Gerard is here with me for NBA with Nuance, as we do every Wednesday. Gerard, how are you doing? Uh, did you miss not being in Cleveland? Uh, no. <laughs> actually, <laughs> here's the funny thing. Like as, as I've said before, I, I actually All Star Weekend is one of my favorite NBA uh, uh, events to cover and to to go as a member of the media. Um, it is sort of like the NBA's like annual conference in many ways, right? Everyone associated yeah. with the league is around during All Star Weekend. So they are for the finals as well, but like not quite the same because of the travel back and forth between the different two, two host cities. 
uh, for the for the actual finals. But it is, you know, everyone's around and it's a, it's a good time. So I miss that part of it. Um, I didn't miss actually being out there in a snowstorm and all that that uh, our good friend Jenna was dealing with out there out there uh, in Cleveland. <laughs> and next year it's going to be in Salt Lake. So we'll see if we're going to that one. Yeah, that'll be interesting, especially since I recently have just been out to Salt Lake for the first time. Uh, that'll be it. That's interesting. Very interesting place for an all-star game. I will say that. No shade, no shade to the good people out in Salt Lake. No shade to you. Uh those very beautiful seeing the mountains. Uh mm-hmm, just, you know, indeed. not sure, not sure I want to go there again in February. I've already done that. I'm not sure I want to to, to do that uh again. Did you have any thoughts or did you watch anything from the weekend, Gerard? Did you care about the contest, the uh because I do have a little bit of a thought about something I've seen that's starting to annoy me around the All-Star Game. <laughs> you know, I, I, there, there was nothing in particular that, like, stood out to me, right? Like, I mean, all right, Steph kind of went berserk, did his thing. LeBron hit the game winner with the Elam ending. Like, look, All-Star Game and All-Star Weekend is for fans, right? That is, that is what it is for, is to promote the game and say, hey, look, like, this is, you know, look at all of our stars. And it's just a way for everyone to coalesce and get together and, you know, enjoy. And the NBA needs to look at how they're doing that um, and how they can continue to use that as a way to draw fans in. I don't know if it's hitting the same way that they intended to or wanted to uh, going forward. So they might have to look at, you know, doing some things. Yeah, they, they might have to. I think one of the things for me, before we get into the, the meat and potatoes of what we got to get into, one of the things for me is the fact that it's just too drawn out even Saturday night. There's, it's, and, and this is the world. I get it. People going to be like, Dex, this is what it is. It's over-commercialized. Like, between every event, We've got sponsored event, I should mm-hmm. say, which yes. is fine. You got to get your bread. I ain't mm-hmm. mad at that. It's another ad promoting this. You had the Currys and 2 Chains and his wife promoting their new show. And then you had multiple concerts between. And I might sound like the old man here, but it's like, yo, let's just keep this moving, man. Let's, like, let's just keep this moving. We don't need all of this. Let's keep it flowing. It felt like it used to flow, but now there's just more yeah. commercials, more ads, more stuff. And it's like, I am not intrigued. Maybe it's not for me on this, but I feel like I'm hearing this from younger people too. Nobody cared about the the DJ Khaled, uh, you know, mid performance. Like, right, right. And and, and I think I think that's part of it too, right? That that's the idea versus making a television product versus yes. being there in person, right? And yes. what's happening as things get more sponsored and the money continues to flow and grow, right? Bigger bigger bites to that pie. You got to quote unquote, as they say in, in the old radio terms, we got to pay some bills, right? Well, right. That's how you pay the bills, right? And so maybe from a TV standpoint, right, a television show experience, it's not what it once was because it wasn't as commercial before, right? Um, now it's so, as you said, over commercialized, right? And you think about this too, Declan. I was kind of just thinking about this just now. Mm-hmm. Think about how we consume television now as consumers, right? Netflix, HBO Max, all these different streaming apps, right? All of the all of the paid versions of these have what? No commercials. No right? commercials. So you right. can watch whatever it is you're watching and get it all with no interruption, right? That is kind of how our brains now are conditioned. Well, now mm-hmm. if I'm watching something live like this, wait a minute, I can't fast forward. I can't uh like I think that is that's some of the the, the some of the pushback that I think that I think we're seeing, right? Is that the inability to you know, skip that part of it. And it, it is interesting, right? Because ultimately that's what the NBA is. The NBA is a television show, right? That That's that's what you're selling. It's a our, uh, an 82 regular season plus whatever playoffs, right? It is a October through June television show. And what is compelling and brought and bringing the, re, the, re, the viewers in each week, right? That's, that's how you get numbers. That's what, that's what TV shows do. 
Yeah, it, it is. It is all about that. And you're right. I think there's some argument to the fact that it might not be as compelling as a TV product as it may be in person uh, if you're at these all star events. Um, but then I still wonder about the people that have to wait between all these times. But, you know, you can go get a drink you can mm-hmm, get some mm-hmm, food. Mm-hmm. I guess you can do what you have to do. OK, on to the stuff that we are really going to talk about here today. Zion Williamson making news. Um, mainly because J.J. Reddick came out yesterday on first take and ripped him for a pattern of behavior. Now, for context around this, folks, and J.J. Reddick speaking as somebody who played with Zion Williamson for the part of two years, he is not, I don't think he's talking sideways or out his ass here. He's played with him for the part of two years, but he criticized Zion Williamson for not having reached out to C.J. McCollum, who recently was traded at the trade deadline to the Pelicans. And I do think it's notable that a star doesn't reach out to a player. It is kind of interesting. He said this is a pattern of behavior. He has been detached, I believe was the exact word he used from the team. When this came out, uh, you know, McCollum had said over the weekend, All-Star Weekend, that he had not spoken to Zion Williamson. But then Milika Andrews reported yesterday that the two, in fact, had spoken, I believe, via text. Is What do you make of this? Because I do think there's concerns. And there's a lot going around Zion. We also have to add he's not played this season mm-hmm. because of the foot injury. Mm-hmm. He's been disconnected from the team, working out up in Portland. Uh, which is near Nike, should be noted. And he has not been around the team. So there's been a lot of disconnection. What do you make of this, Gerard? Is this something we should be concerned about for the Pelicans and Zion Williamson? Yeah, I mean, Dexter, this is so far and wide-reaching, right? The first thing being that JJ is a former teammate and also a fellow member of the Duke Brotherhood with Zion Williamson. Um, I think that those comments were legitimate to make. Um, as a, and JJ said, it, look, there is a sort of, a baseline level of behavior, uh, decorum that you have when you are part of team sports. And as the face and as the star of a particular team, it is incumbent on you to reach out to, you know, whomever is now your, your new teammate. And JJ said, look, I wasn't the best player on any team I was on, but anytime that, you know, something was going down, I would shoot a text to whomever and say, Hey man, welcome aboard, blah, 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 all that. And I think, yes, Zion should have done that for sure. So he gets part of the blame for that. Um, also, the Pelicans, right, as an organization, they get some blame as well. It's like, okay, you're gonna you're bringing this guy in. Um, you had to, I'm sure, mention it to Zion. Well, why couldn't you get those guys to connect, like help facilitate that and do it? Brandon uh, Brandon Ingram was also on the team. Like, why couldn't you also help facilitate that, right? So there is a level of sort of 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 you know connection that is incumbent on players to do when they're welcoming someone new into the family. And, you know, it, it, that type of, that lack of sort of, of, of following through on that behavior speaks to a broader and larger issue um, with Zion and the Pelicans. And I know we're going to get into that further, but that's, that's where I see this. And it's, 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 it's a shame because, you know, the situation in New Orleans is not pretty. Right. It's 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 not pretty at all. And it's going to we're going to get into the fact that it leads to further speculation around the league of another star and young star, might I add, that potentially may want out. Now, after all that, and I see this, there was something that came out uh, yesterday that came across my attention about the Pelicans. It appears I want to be clear about this. It appears they are no longer marketing Zion Williamson, which I find rather interesting because there's a couple of ways you can look at this in the fact that they might be just simply being honest about where they are at in terms of marketing to their fans. So the Pelicans, they put out their their uh, announcement for the 2022-2023 season for ticket plans for fans that want to buy. And they said, "Let this is a, I'm reading this, led by new head coach Willie Green and players Brandon Ingram, Jonas Valanciunas, and CJ McCollum, Pelicans are building something special across the street 
from the Caesar Superdome. Now, that's interesting. No mention of your star, number one pick from 2019 that everybody was excited about. You saw the video. You remember that night, Gerard. The mm-hmm. Pelicans front office was ecstatic mm-hmm. about landing this guy. Uh, this, I, I don't know whether to look at this as, are they saying that Zion Williamson is no longer part of their future plans? Is, is Are they just saying this is what it is right now? We're being real and transparent with the fan base. What do you make of them not marketing Zion, at least right now, for what we see? Look, uh, the, the writing is on the wall, right? It, it is, again, Zion, and we go back to what JJ said, the pattern of behavior, the word detached, um, as, as he used. He does not appear to be um, in love with the city and the franchise, right? Now, I, I want to be clear about something. You mm-hmm. don't need to be in love with the city and franchise that it, it, it tra- that drafts you, right? That's that, that isn't that isn't a prerequisite for success, but when you're already sort of feeling some kind of way early in your career, that doesn't bode well for the long term you have with that particular organization. Uh, in three seasons, right? This is Zion's third season. He's played eighty-five total games in three years. Eighty-five. Um, he's had three different coaches in his first three seasons. Right? There's just so much disconnect there's so much disorganization and and lack of structure and failure all around this whole scenario and again it's not just about zion it's both sides it's the pelicans as well them not marketing him again shows me and i can't we can't pretend to know what's inside the pelicans minds but david griffin has to be 100 thinking this dude ain't gonna be back right that that he has to have that on his brain and again there's so many little things we see around it that suggest that Dexter, it was no surprise that, first of all, Zion was putting this out when he was at Duke, right? On the day of the draft lottery, when, in fact, the Pelicans won, Zion was not a happy camper. Yes, we we remember that. He was was actually very disappointed when the Knicks dropped to third. It was very evident about that. Right, so that was something that was already put out there. That we had heard, that we we saw. Mark Spears, I believe, was the first person to tweet that out uh, from the undefeated. Okay. We knew he didn't. We knew he didn't want to do that and kind of be there. And he kept talking about New York being the mecca and all these wonderful. And it's like okay, but not saying the same things about New Orleans or what have you, right? And so again, I just wonder—not wonder, but none of this is suggesting anything good for the Pelicans. And you mentioned this as well, Dexter. It is not uncommon for an athlete to rehab with their own team outside of the the, the team that they play for, right? That's that's not a, that's not an uncommon thing. And, you know, many athletes do it because, let's be fair, right? You, Whose best interest does the team have, right, in mind? Yours or, or theirs, right? Now, you can argue that, of course, it's their best interest for the player because you are, you know, you're, their, you're a key employee. They want you to be healthy so that good things happen down the road. But so him doing that, that's not a big issue. What is the issue is most times when players do that, it is within earshot. It is close by to the actual team. And they can be clued in on what's going on in that rehab. Yep. Uh, Portland, Oregon is 2,500-ish or so miles away from New Orleans. Jordan Brand, which Zion assigned to, and Nike's global headquarters are in Beaverton, Oregon, eight miles away from Portland. Zion has a five-year, $75 million contract with Jordan Brand. He has a four-year, $44 million contract with the Pelicans. Those are his two biggest 
you know, money makers. So who is his actual employer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 fair it's fair to look at that. And who also, in terms of who's the actual employer, they're invested in him for eight years, one seventy five. Who's going to market him the real way? And like you said, maybe the Pels are seeing the right writing on the wall. Again, we're not reporting anything. We're not saying that we know Zion five years, wants five, five, five years, five, five years, five years, one seventy five. No, no, just seventy five, not one. Seventy five, five, five seventy, seventy five. It's giving him a lot more than than he needed. But, um, but but more than the Pelicans are paying him, right? But more than the Pelicans, which is the point. Um, and yeah, who knows if they are actually, you know, saying that the writing's on the wall, it's over or whatever. But this is only going to fuel speculation, and this is what leads me into the next part of what we have to talk about. Okay. We can say all this. He talks about he's detached. He's in Beaver, he's in Beaverton, Oregon, doing his training. We haven't heard a damn thing from Zion. Now the Pelicans were kind of weird on his injury situation mm-hmm. before the start of this season, but we haven't heard a damn thing from Zion. Zion did come out. I think it was in the off season, talk about how he loved New Orleans and blah blah blah. And he, this is where he wants to say, and he's a low key guy and all this stuff. But we haven't heard anything from Zion in this time. There's been a lot about how Zion feels. People are speculating. There's been a lot about his weight and his rehab. People have speculated about that. We haven't heard a damn thing from Zion Williamson. Is it time for him to speak up and let people know exactly what he is thinking on the matter instead of having all this speculation from the media fans otherwise around him? I mean, not only the, uh, him speaking up, but his actions will tell us what is this really going on, right? And there's the thing about the NBA is that, and maybe fans don't realize this, when a player is injured, he no longer has any media obligations, right? Like during the time of injury, a player does not have to speak to media because they are not performing the sport of basketball, like in that public sphere, right? So they don't, so there's no, no, you know, weekly, whatever availability made, none of that. All the media availability that players are subject to while they are active and playing goes away when they're injured. So that's number one. Number two, he's away from the teams we mentioned in Portland. Um, Look, it would be nice if he came out and squashed these rumors, right? And, and, and put it to bed and say, you know, whatever it may be, my contract says whatever I'm intended, whatever the things you have to say. But him not doing that only, again, throws more fuel on the fire, right? Because this is how this game works, right? You just, you, you leave it to people's imaginations. And, you know, it when you give people too much idle time, right? All kinds of speculation run run wild, right? And silence, right, gets interpreted for potentially more than what it actually is. Maybe he is no problem staying in New Orleans. Who the hell or who the hell knows? Because he's not saying anything. So he's letting other people now control the narrative. Now, yep. part of it is, is that he doesn't want to again, I'm making assumptions here. So I want to be clear. I have no, I have no inside knowledge. The only thing I will say is that I have spoken to people close to that situation, and they have said that Team Zion. And they were even nebulous about what Team Zion meant. But the people around him are the ones managing and controlling that situation, whatever that means. Okay. So now he probably, I'm. this is my assumption, the reason why he has not come out and said anything is because he doesn't want to be made to be look like he's lying, right? If he says, I love New Orleans, there, or whatever, and if he never plays with them again. And two, he doesn't want to outright come out and say, I can't wait to get out of this contract, right? Because that it's it's just it's a bad look for him, right? In that public PR space. But so is silence, right? So I think this is this is this is the he's caught himself between a rock and a hard place here. This is but this see, that's the thing to me right there, right? With the stars, athletes established or young. Look, if you want out, just own it. 
right? Like you're, you're not going to get unscathed in this process. There's going mm-hmm. to be some backlash, right? We've mm-hmm. seen this, whether it was Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. uh, whether it was James Harden twice mm-hmm. recently, we've seen this. So if you, I, I think the phoniness about it, and I'm not putting it all on the athletes. I, I understand they're playing the game of the system, but I think the phoniness about it is kind of like, yo, just say what it is you want to say. If you really want out, be about it and do it. Now, there's a lot going on here because you do not know how much leverage he feels that he has in terms of, you know, his time in, in the league. And as you said, he's only played a limited amount of games. So Zion is a very unique situation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, um, in this, in this, but here's the meat and potatoes of what I think we need to really talk about. Right. Cause it ties into what we talked about last week. Okay. This comes out yesterday immediately. Gerard, I know you saw this immediately. All the speculation starts flying. Mm-hmm. Is, well, is Zion going to the Knicks? Mm-hmm. Could the Knicks make a play for him? Are there any other teams that could get Zion? Blah, blah, blah. And now we're back in. Let's just be clear about this, folks. Gerard and I just talked about last week after the trade deadline, we talked about player empowerment. And a week later, less than a week later, we already are talking about who potentially could be the next disgruntled star in the NBA. Gerard and I talked about this. We're just waiting for the next one to happen. This is what has become. So the question then for me is, does the Zion Williamson situation symbolize a growing problem for the NBA? Because here we are again. All right, here's the next disgruntled star. It's almost as if with the media speculation around it, with the fan speculation, it's almost like, yo, this is what we, the people who want this, have been waiting for, right? And is that a problem, Gerard? Because you and I have had some private conversations about this in, in which we know how we feel, but do you feel like this is this or this is the example of the problem? Yeah, this is this is this is a big problem here, right? Because again, look, the end, sports in general is just a strange sort of work process, right? Unlike anything else we have in the in the real world. Um, and I wanted to touch on your point that you made before about you're not going to be able to go through this unscathed. You're right. Like some you're going to get blood on you in this situation and you have to be willing to accept it and roll with it. That's just how it's going to be. But the, the way it's done right now in sports, the system is just so it's so broken, right? Think about it. You are a skilled worker, right? In this case, an NBA, a basketball player. And you now have a, you know, you want to enter into a, the, the league that is the highest level of your skilled profession, right? Playing basketball. You don't get to choose where you go, right? You enter into a draft and a team selects you, right? Doesn't matter if you don't like the city, doesn't it doesn't matter. You get picked, right? And that's and that's where you have to go. And you know, people are gonna say, but you're odd, the money, the money, the money. I'm like, yes, I understand that's what the money's for. But in no other world do we do we make that allowance, right? Where it's like you graduate from law school, right? You get to right, you apply to however many jobs, and whichever ones offer you the job, you get to pick which one, right? You choose. This is someone being ch- just chosen for you. Not only that. It also, it is also, they control your earning power. And we'll get into that a little bit later. So it's it's just problematic in the sense that going forward for the NBA, I think we need to look at how we figure out this situation where players and teams both get what they want, right? Is there a happy medium? Because right now, and I mentioned this before, and by the way, New Orleans is a lovely city. I want to be very clear about that. Like it is a wonderful city. It isn't a basketball city, though, right? Like, right. the Saints matter first. LSU football, maybe like 10th or 11th is the Pelicans, right? Like, it's it, it, just the way it goes down there. And maybe that's a problem that Zion is not feeling, right? 
But the NBA has a lot of cities that aren't places that players want to go for yep. whatever reason. And the league can't change geography now. This just is what it is, right? So, right. And, and, and so, you know, it, it, that is now, it's, un, it's incumbent on teams that have those geographic disadvantages to be really, really good at what they do. Now, I guess it's like I'm talking out both sides of my mouth. That's probably why we have the draft, right? Because the league is like, there is no way people will on their own choose to go to insert city here, right? Like, because they're like, why? I don't want to live there. I'd rather live here or here or whatever, you know? So this is, it's sort of all coming to a head right now. It is. And I, I, I think, I think it's, a prob- it's a problem in terms of what we are seeing drive the NBA news cycle. And I'm not, some people will argue and say, hey, well, Diane Williamson talk about where he might want to move or Knicks rumors or Lakers rumors or whatever it may be is better for the league. I'm not necessarily sure it's better for the development of those markets like New Orleans. And you can't just not care about that at all whatsoever. I, I think that's that's really wrong. And look, if the Pelicans are at a point where they're not even marketing him, where they're just like, whatever, yeah. that's not good. And so we have Ethan, uh, who was checking in uh, on YouTube, said no marketing was done for second round draft picks like Claxton and Man. They are still contributing. Come on, man. Like, <laughs> like you, you you know what this is. Look at the names that they mentioned. They are going right, to right. market players that they think are – and this is no disrespect to Claxton and Man. I'm not – it's no disrespect. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to do that. Herb Jones has had an impactful year mm-hmm. uh, for that for them as well. But they you want to market stars. Ingram McCullum Williamson should be what it is. This is what we should be talking about. But they're not. Okay. You touched on something, Gerard, which we talked about last year. Um, and I always feel like this is a weird subject for people because I don't think people can wrap their minds around things being different, things changing, maybe actually having a radical change. Should we abolish the draft? You made the point that if why the NBA might think about having the draft is the fact that players won't want to go to these cities that are not necessarily desirable for whatever reason. However, as you, as you kind of noted too, there's only a limited amount of opportunities that you can have. So people are going to have to go somewhere and make their opportunity, mm-hmm. so to speak, um, which is why I think. I just think it's weird that we are okay with this when we're not okay with this in any other job or industry. Why do we do it in sports telling young men where they should go, how they should be controlled by these teams? I don't think it's right. Situations like the Zion Williamson drama that's going on right now should allow us to think, rethink about the draft, but do you think that we are actually even at the point where we are rethinking about getting rid of the draft, I, I doubt Adam Silver is is at that point yet. I'm I'm sure those conversations have been approached and talked about in le- in a league office. Um, but I I don't I think we're a long way away from there. Um, do I think we should abolish the draft? You know where I stand on that. One hundred percent, absolutely, we should. Right. Um, to your point, Dexter. Yeah, there are only so many spots available, and players want to play. They want playing time. Right. And if you the idea that all the stars are going to go to one team, well, they physically can't, right? Like, because it's not just abolishing the draft. You make it so that hard cap, hard floor, right? So you have to spend a certain amount and you cannot go over uh, a certain amount, right? So teams have to be smart about what they do, number one. Number two, a team can't have 15 stars on it because stars want to play 35 minutes a night. Well, there's only 48 minutes in a game. That math ain't mathing, right? If you got 15 stars on your team, they can't all play 35 minutes. So players are going to go where there's opportunity for them to play right but again this now gets pushed onto the teams and their ability to smartly construct 
uh, the right type of environment and show a commitment to winning and all the different things. Like it forces everyone to be better at their jobs, right? And, you know, for Zion, what's interesting here, Dexter, is so it's a four-year deal, right? But we know that obviously he's eligible for an extension. And, you know, the question is, will he take that extension? Will he not? Um, and there is the idea about when you get drafted by a team, they're the ones that control your, your, your salary earning, right? Because they can pay you the most money in extension, right? Because they have your early bird rights and all that jazz, right? Should we allow a team to basically control how much a player makes for six years of their, of their career, right? And if, if it's a place they don't want to be. Right. That 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 so the, the mechanisms of that are what we have to look at. Right. And is Zion going to be the first player to potentially turn down um, his maximum rookie extension? Right. Like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he might. Well, well, that well, that's the thing. And that's the next thing to get into is, is could a player, a young star force his way out before restrictive free agency. Now, it's interesting because we saw this sort of happen in New York with Chris Porzingis in a way. He was not happy with the way things were going, and he got out. But Chris Stapps is in Zion, right? Like, let's be clear in terms of following, in terms of investment by Jordan Brand. This would, if this happened, and we're getting into talking about the drama, this is undoubtedly the biggest young star that would force his way out. Or as you say, saying that, hey, I'm not going to sign that extension. That's major. Mm -hmm. That is huge. Is that good for the league again? Because it causes more drama. And then you, we always talk about, we try to talk both sides and look at it. That is not going to make the owners of small market teams happy at all whatsoever. They are not going to be happy about this. And you and I, we watch billions. And if anything we know about these billionaires, <laughs> listen, they don't like taking L's and not taking L's like that, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If this happens, do you think this has a ripple effect in the league or should the league now be in sort of protective mode? to not let this happen i mean gosh dexter it, it is so tough i mean we're, we're wrestling with these big questions here right and you mentioned yes billionaires don't like to take l's on a level then we have to also talk about the reality and the elephant in the room the racial component right white old older white men telling young black men where they're going to go and what they're going to do right like that's it's just so fraught all over the place um look it, it may be you know i think i said this to you before on this show one of the, the worst phrases in the English language to me is, well, that's how we've always done it, right? No, just because we've always done something one way doesn't mean we should continue to doing things that, continue doing things that way. Maybe it is a time to look at just this whole mechanism and setup, right? How we figure this out. Um, you know, th th this idea of how should players have control over where they start their NBA careers? How should they control their their monetary situations in terms of contracts, et cetera? There's, it, it's, it's a lot, man. It is a lot. But I think there are ways in which we can look at revamping how this all plays out, right? Um, and I don't have all the answers. But, you know, I know that if this happens and Zion doesn't take the extension, doesn't take the qualifying, because that's right. So, so remember, at, in so four years, right? In year five, the team can offer him a qualifying offer, right? Yep. He can refuse that too, right? So if he refuses the qualifying offer, right? In he, he is now, right? Is he now a restricted free agent in uh, next summer, right? Like, okay. And so he gets offered something from somebody else. The team has a right to, they can match it, right? Like, 
and then keep him locked up, right? And so, and and so now, what does he do? Does he eventually just play? Does it? it, it there's so many. We don't know what's going to happen until that first domino drops, and that first domino is extension eligible. Do you take it? Yes or no? Right? Yep. And if he does not, oh boy, then what? Right? Th- th- and and so the league's going to have to sit there and be like, "Wow, well, we gotta we gotta figure this out." Because if a player can automatically this early already start doing this. This isn't how we want to promote the game and, and how we want it to look. And I'm sure, right, as you said, the other small market owners can't be can't be too happy. And, you know, the other thing, too, nope. is, Dexter, the Pelicans have to be looking at what's going on in Memphis. And everyone knows I love Memphis, but this isn't about, like, tooting Memphis's horn. It's like they have to be seeing what's going on in Memphis and be like, what the – how are they got this popping? And we don't. Like, right? Like, we and- – and they really got it. At one, I should add, they really got it popping with the pick after you that year, right? right like that's right. kind of they got their franchise player with the pick after you, who's been all in. I, I'm not even trying to suggest that Zion has not been playing hard, but he just right. hasn't been available, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. just that's just the truth of it. Now, to that point, Gerard, too, some people are going to say, well, he's not going to go that route and not going to sign the extension or disregard the qualifying offer because of his injury history, and he's going to want to try to take that back. That's the thing we're talking about. That's what the NBA bets on. That's what those owners bank on, is that you're going to want that bag because you've never made that money money before. But when you got some supplemental income, like you mentioned before, like you might have from Jordan Brand, it might be easy for you to say no to that bag and say, nope, I'm going to control my own destiny. And in a way, if you kind of think about it, this was going to happen. Like this, that is, it's going to happen someday. We've only seen Greg Monroe do it, but it's, mm-hmm. it was going to happen someday. And again, Greg Monroe is not Zion Williamson. <laughs> correct, correct. Um, so there's a lot going on here. Yeah, man. The league, this is this is what we're talking about. The league has things to look at. We in the media have things to look at. Fans have things to look at and how this is going the game. We, we're saying that this is one thing, but you and I talked about this privately. This is going to turn some people off. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, some people are not going to be feeling this at all. This is going to be a reason for them to say, "Nah, we're out." If Zion can't stay here, I can't even watch a young star get drafted, be in a certain place. I'm out. Like, yeah, there, there, there's a sense of kinship that fans want to feel with their team, right? That they, I mean, think about how even though they were in Seattle first and they moved this in Durant's second year, but how attached was Oklahoma City to the three kids when they drafted them? Right, Durant, Westbrook, and Harden. I mean, they love those dudes, right? Durant leaves in free agency, and they boom, cupcake, all that, because they feel this. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just the reality of, you know, fan behavior, right? Um, now, should you be burning jerseys and all that nonsense? I'm like, come on, man, grow up. It's, it's sports, <laughs> right? Like, but that's how fans view it. They, they feel like they own it, right? That's that's how, like, no, we, the, the team is ours, right? And they feel like they own the players too. And it's like, no, you you actually don't. Right. The players get to decide where they want to play and what they want to do. And in a league which markets superstars, which uh, I admittedly that that's what they should do. Right. Because that's you tune into television shows for what reason? Compelling characters and storylines. Well, in the league markets, it's characters. Right. And that's what it should do. Um, But, you know, if, if are we are we heading down a play down a road where, you know, the game cannot grow anymore domestically? And is, is this a contributing factor to it? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. This is a lot I'm sure we're going to talk about in future conversations, a lot going on, what happens with Zion Williamson. Well, some people were waiting to see who the next disgruntled star was. We might have that answer 
uh, right now. Um, so I, I also want to be clear about this. The, yes. the, 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 you mentioned the injury thing, right? That all that was so strange. Like so weird. He he broke his foot last summer in the off season. We no one heard about it again, and it's not about leaking medical information. But first of all, Zion's a CAA guy, if I'm not mistaken. The biggest NBA newsbreaker, newsbreaker in quotation marks, is also a CAA guy. How did we not? How did this not come out before mm-hmm. the day training camp started? Like, right? That, that, whatever. We read into that what you want. Then the team, you know, the, the constant like, you know. Uh, David, David Griffin said, um, you know, we expect, you know, he'll, he'll be here for the season, you know? Uh, yeah. I never said the start of the season. Uh, and then team never seeing what it, what it actually is. Right. It is right. It is in fact a Jones fracture, right? That that's what it is, but they have, they have not come out and said that. Right. And we know that the Jones fracture, that particular injury is a tough one to heal from because of the limited blood flow to that part of the body in your foot. Right. Like there's just so many things that have just been handled poorly. Then we talked about again, of course, him saying with the team, oh, it's okay for him to rehab away from us. Like, is it? Right? And then he's not talking. And now the uh, reports came out a couple of weeks ago that to tell the Pelicans, the you know, we should not expect to see Don, you know, anytime soon. Like what what does that even mean anytime soon? Like right. what what is that time frame? Like it's just so much, you know, unclearness, right? Uh ambiguity around this entire situation and this doesn't you know if you're a pelicans if you're the pelicans owners right the bensons like you can't like you, this isn't you're, you're not going to sell basketball in new orleans at this rate i mean no, it, was, or, it was already going to be almost impossible right i mean now without potentially who could be the biggest star in the league it definitely ain't happening now right and that's 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 not it's not a good look for the new orleans market it's not listen it's not fair to the players on the team it's not fair to willie green and you coach who's actually done a pretty good job after they had a rough start in getting them back uh, into playing contention. So this impacts a lot of people besides just talking about the league. And I think that's something we need to think about too. Is like the back people, the people in that front office, the people who do marketing, people who were, were thinking like, Hey, this is going to boost. We're going to get people in here. It's hard for them to sell tickets already in new Orleans. And this is only complicates matters even further, but there'll be a lot of chatter. There'll probably be a lot of chatter going through the draft. We'll probably it's funny when if if he does say Gerard that if he does come out we do hear rumblings of him wanting to be moved. Oh, it's funny how that news will come out. But the <laughs> uh, injury news we were, we were silent <laughs> on, on on that for a bit. Uh, that's it though. We have a, a very short version. Obviously, no games today, so no picks. Uh, very short version. We'll be back again uh, next week. Uh, also, have an episode for you on Friday of the NBA Exchange. Gerard, thanks for joining me to talk about this. There's so much to talk about with the league man and like things yep. that impact it so it's going to be very interesting to see how this all goes he's gerard hector remember catch him on true hoop every friday we'll bring it in also catch him on the seven for this podcast without girl jenna lemoncelli as well every tuesday uh they drop stuff on wednesday so be sure to check them out when they're back after the break i'm dexter henry till next time on the nba exchange you know we wish you well be safe enjoy the basketball And look, there'll be some drama around the Mm -hmm. basketball. James Harden Mm -hmm. playing his first game. Mm -hmm. When will Ben Simmons play? There's a lot for us to see. We'll see how all that comes up uh, in the coming days and weeks. Till next time, y'all. Peace.